Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. People live in a world of their own making. Frankly, that seems to be the problem. Welcome to Angry Planet. Welcome to Angry Planet. I'm Matthew Galt. And I'm Jason Fields. I must warn you, audience, I've done little to no preparation for this episode because I've been so deeply invested in the story that we're going to be talking about today. I did some reporting on it. Uh, but not nearly as much as our guest, Eric Toller of Bellingcat, uh, also doing some writing for the New York Times. We're going to be talking about the Discord leaks today. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming on to the show and walking us through this. Sure. Happy to, um, happy to be on. Thanks for having me. So the first and, very, and most important question I have for you is, are you now or have you ever been a member of the Something Awful forums? A long time ago, yeah, when I was, um, I think when I, I think 2003 or four, I think I had an account. I can't remember exactly when. Um, I remember I got the account when I bought, uh, a, I, I was 14 or 15, hold on, I'm 34 now, so let me do my reverse math in my head. 2004 ugh, minus 1988, 16 then, okay, right, so I was 16. When I was 16, I remember I bought this computer case from some guy. Mm-hmm. And it broke on its way over, and he couldn't. He didn't have money to give me a full refund because he'd already spent most of it. Because he like sh- he packed it really badly, so he gave me a partial refund and then get- gifted me an account on the something awful forums. It was like his way of like compensating compensating me for his like his like very poorly packed computer case when I was building my first computer when I was sixteen. So yeah, I I haven't been on there in years and years and years and years and years. But when I was like sixteen, I had an account. Yeah. Did you well, since, hold on? No. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, we're not, we don't actually call this the inside baseball podcast. I know we're going to, this is, I'm going to explain why this is important. I'm going to get there. And what it is. You're, and what it are. is. Yes. Oh, fantastic. I promise. I'm so I, promise. I assume there's that. a segue to something. With there's that, a yeah. segue to something here. Yeah, um, all right. But, all right. But audience, keep in your mind the something awful forums as we move forward in this lovely discussion. Um, so let's, let's do some very basics. Let's back way up. What, uh, what happened a couple weeks ago in a Discord forum um, that became national news uh, and led to the arrest of a 21-year-old Air National Guardsman? Yeah, so this guy we now know, uh, his name is Jack Teixeira. He leaked some, uh, or posted, I don't know, leak is maybe a bit of a strong verb to use for this. He, he posted a bunch of um, um, documents like sensitive, classified, secret, top secret, various forms of classification documents into a private Discord channel. He was apparently an admin of. Um, we knew about these because they eventually made their way onto Telegram um, and to a lesser degree 4chan. Um, and April 5th is when they're posted. And then on the 6th, the following day, 
the New York Times reported that the Pentagon is opening up an investigation into this this stuff. There's only at that point seven documents between the Fork Chan and Telegram that we knew about. But if you kind of trace back eventually to the you know ground zero of this tiny little Discord server that Jack was admin of, there were hundreds and hundreds of them posted. And then of those hundreds, like probably like three, four hundred of those, 107 of them got posted into a larger Discord server that was semi-public at the time. What are we talking about when we talk about government documents? What's in these? Most of them are pretty boring. Um, so I have, like, heck, I have 80-ish of them. Uh, I don't have, I don't have all of them. I think I have 80-ish of them. Uh, a few of them are pretty, you know, pretty fascinating. Like, but they've been, you know, all the juicy stuff has basically been reported already between, you know, the AP, New York Times, Washington Post, everybody else. Um, so there's stuff about like, um, there's some signals intelligence, um, intercepts. Like there's one about how like Mossad was like organizing anti-government protests in Israel. So that's obviously pretty, pretty interesting stuff about a lot about different, um, kind of intrigues around different countries shipping arms to Ukraine slash Russia and in the U.S.'s attempt to either facilitate or disrupt that. And a lot of stuff about the war in Ukraine in particular, like tactical information around like, um, you know, movements in Bakhmut and Kharkiv and Kherson and, and, you know, the South, you know, by Crimea and stuff like that. Um, like ammo replenishment schedules, you know, a lot of stuff that is interesting if you're like, you know, Rob Lee or Michael Kaufman, like the guys who do like this, like intense analysis of the war. But for the vast majority of people on earth, they don't really, they don't really care that much. It's kind of like tactical strategic information, but. And also a lot of stuff that's just like basically already known, like basically just like reporting media reports of like that is if you just Google, you'd find the exact same information that's in a lot of these documents. I just wanted to know how uh, up to date current these documents are. Mm -hmm. I mean, are they last week's, uh, you know, were they hot off the press when everybody found them or what? Yeah, so the the most recent document I think is from March first, and so I think they go back from to October. I think it's the first ones that were um, that were put in this Discord server, and almost all the ones that we have seen have been like revealed in documents and all and reporting, mostly from February and March, um, because the 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 um, last public leak of these documents was was on March first and second. Um, and that's the most recent documents. And there's nothing as I haven't seen anything that that postdates um, March first. And what? In this was initially he was hand tra- hand transcribing things mm-hmm. and then taking photographs of them, right? Yeah, he when he first started posting these in October in his private Discord channel with his buddies, like this, like twenty thirty active members in the group, he was handwriting them like like half an hour per document, just like writing, 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 writing. But his audience is mostly just like a bunch of like teenagers on Discord, so they didn't like have they just want to tldr of it right they didn't want to read the whole thing because it's like a big wall of text and after a couple months i think in december or january he got annoyed with the other people in the server because they weren't paying attention to his you know highly classified documents he was transcribing and then he just started posting them like photos of them because you know the photos are easy to read there's like little graphics and maps and easy to follow and is uh, a little bit more uh, consumable for his audience i guess you could say do you know what did you know what Discord was, Jason, before this? Thanks to you, Matthew. I actually did know what Discord was. Uh Ooh. but uh, do you think it'd be useful to explain? Oh I do. I, I do. I was just curious. Uh like I assume are your are your kids in it? I assume that they've like they have gaming groups in Discord, right? I actually have kids who go out and play. Oh it's that's actually weird. quite disappointing. Uh, weird. They're on sports teams and play frisbee, stuff like that. More you tell us than you needed, but were you on Discord other than for Eric? Uh, like I know Bellingcat has one where mm-hmm. they do various mm-hmm. things. 
Um, but like socially, were you on Discord? Or are you a Discord user beyond your your use of it in, in work? I've looked around it before. <clears throat> I'm like I'm about one generation too old, so I'm I'm 34. Okay. So I'm about one generation too old for this. Um, most of my friends, when we play games, we just like do it over the in game chat, like or like you know something separate. I think I I think one time I did use Discord to, to play because I was playing with a couple of my colleagues. Bellingcat, and we're trying to figure out a way to like. I think we're playing Warzone, like Call of Duty Warzone. We're trying to figure out. I think Discord is the easiest way to do like a continuous. Because mm-hmm. I think one of us is on PC, one of us is on Xbox, one of us is on, we're doing crossplay. But outside of like that one or two times, um, no, I, I'm, I, I think I, I remember playing with like Roger Wilco a long time ago, which is like okay. this ancient voice app. Yeah, I was yeah, playing yeah. some games like in like high school or early college, but that was a very long time ago. So I'm, I'm not one. I'm the Roger Wilco generation, not the Discord generation. It's funny because I'm I'm 39, uh, and maybe it's just because I'm like a, a gamer and I'm so plugged into the gaming space. I'm like I'm on Discord all the time. Mm-hmm. I have I've got like a, a couple of private Discord servers that I'm a part of where uh, memes are posted, mm-hmm. uh, and we gather to play video games. And it is because so it's like it's a easy. Pseudo, yeah. yeah, it's easy. It's a pseudo private server that you set up uh and like usually it's kind of run by the community so there's one or two people that that run it that are part of the group and you can create different channels within it um and you can create different voice channels and it was initially marketed as as this thing um where gamers get together and you can coordinate your group and everyone can get on the same voice channel Um, a lot of games now they've got their own voice channels but for a long time, uh, if you were playing World of Warcraft, say, World of Warcraft did not have in-game voice chat. Yeah. Uh, and getting a big group together to like take down bosses is a complicated process. Um, requ- it was easier for people to talk to each other. And there was a mm-hmm. whole bunch of different services that attempted to kind of fill that niche. Um, and Discord seems to have been the one that won. Um, now a lot of... It's funny, there is a lot of military stuff that also happens on there. Like Ukraine is actually using it to coordinate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to to coordinate um uh active like military operations, which I think is really bizarre. Uh the US Army and the Air Force esports teams have their mm-hmm. own Discord servers. Um so it was like a known property, but it's also a place where you can just set up uh, a community to show off to a bunch of teenagers, apparently. So yeah, that's what kind of discord is. Um, I liked that you said Jack was hosting that these weren't leaks. I think that's the right verb. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what this, that's what this is. It was not, it, it has the energy of someone going onto Twitter and showing off, right? This was mm-hmm. not someone that was trying or to share Twitter group DMs and yeah, showing Twitter off. Yeah. DMs, yeah. Right? Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about him and like what the motivation here was, if there was any, like, how did this group start? Yeah. So the group group charted a few years ago, I think in 2019, 2020, I don't remember the exact year. I think it might have been 2020. Um, and they were all, not all of them, but the, most of the members were on a different discord of a guy named Oxide, who is a popular YouTube, like gear guy, like military kit gear guy. Um, so this guy has like a hundred, 200,000 followers on YouTube. He posts like, can this bullet penetrate this, this helmet? Right. Or I don't know. It's not my world. I'm not into this military stuff, but like apparently people who are into like kit and gear and all that stuff are really, he's, he's pretty popular in that world. So they were on his server and they got banned for a few different reasons. Like some of them were a little too racist. Uh, some of them were posting memes. I got that annoyed the, the admin. They got banned for various reasons. And so they just made their own server. And that was this server called Thug Shaker Central, which is um, the name of one of the servers or one of the memes they were posting. 
thug shaker is like some meme of like like a black guy like shaking his butt or something like that i, I don't know i i've just looked at the urban dictionary for it and they would they would basically do this kind of like a like a rick rolling thing to where they would do like bait and switch to where they would send someone a link and they think they're going to see something interesting and they click and they see a guy shaking his butt like in your face right that's kind of the it's kind of rick rolling but with what with uh but with that kind of twist anyways they were posting that too much apparently on this on this oxide server so they got banned so um they made their own and then there are a bunch of admins. I mean, Jack, I've, I've heard a few different accounts from a few different people who are on the server, but one person told me Jack was, you know, I mean, the guy who interviewed the Washington Post, who I talked to said, you know, Jack was the unquestioned leader of the server. You know, they're trying to make us all better people, all that. I talked to other people who told me like, nah, he was a server because he just happened to remake it after we got banned. And he was a server. He was admin by default, right? And a lot of people were annoyed by him and didn't like, he wasn't an unquestioned leader. He wasn't a cult. You know, some people might have looked up to him, but a lot of people, you know, like, it is a Discord server, not a cult, right? It's a kind of a loosey-goosey collection of, of guys who want to, mostly guys who want to, you know, play Project Zomboid or Arma 3 together and just using it kind of as a, as a uh, collection point for it. So, yeah. They, before, yeah they yeah. made it sound like a Christian fundamentalist, uh, you know, like Catholic this. They made mm-hmm. it sound so organized in the New York Times. And yeah. you're just saying that's total crap. Well, the, the Washington Post had a bit more. So we, I think in the New York Times story, they mentioned that one person described it as such. Like we're, we were not completely sure if these descriptions were correct. The Washington Post did an interview with this guy. Um, he goes by Vaki is his pseudonym. He's a kid, um, 17. Um, I believe he's 17. He's a minor and he was friends with Jack. And the way he describes it is that, I mean, I think that the, the times, the way they report it is like, this is what he described it as not like it's, it's a cold hard fact, but he did it. He did this like, you know, this dramatic, like 48 hours style interview, like in a hotel room, they blurt, they like blacked out his face, you know, with the Washington Post where he talked about how, you know, we were a family and, and, you know, we all love each other and he was our leader and he's so strong and charismatic and blah, blah, blah. And that's why he presented it, like as it was basically, as you say, like a, like an Orthodox cult. Like I think they're all Orthodox Christians, or like that's how he described it. But I've talked to some other people, and they told me like, oh, there are like four people who were Orthodox; the others were LARPing. Um, you know, they might be just kind of curious about it. So I think it was a bit more of a heterodox group um, than may- maybe again the whole server as a whole. I think was relatively heterodox i mean you know they're all like you know young gamers and a lot of them are probably racist but i think that maybe people who who are specifically posting there's a specific channel where they're posting these leaks so jack was posting this in the specific channel within the server maybe the people who were active in that channel were a bit more homogenous right with like the orthodox looked up to jack that sort of thing but the server in general with like the 20 active and 30 or so inactive members i think it was a little bit more um a little bit less homogenous of this makeup I think this is this is so important to me uh, as part of the story. And this is why I asked you about the Something Awful forums. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, uh, you and I were talking on, what, the 7th, I think, uh, where I bullied you into telling me uh, how you'd gotten from Telegram to Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, because you, you'd posted something where you'd, you'd figured out where it had come from before it made it onto Telegram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you were like, this is the stupidest thing you've ever heard. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. my immediate thought was like, okay, so it's War Thunder forums. Yeah, it's everyone's first guess. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm talking to you, and you're uh, you eventually tell me it was like a Minecraft Discord server, mm-hmm. um, and like traced it back. And like when I started seeing the kind of people in Discord that were posting, and like what these communities were like, I instantly knew the kind. Like, I knew what this guy was going to be like. 
than before mm-hmm. we found him. Um, he was going to be like a something awful forum poster night circa 1999 to 2006. Um, that energy, not that specific kind of person, uh, a, a band, something awful poster, a band, something awful yeah, poster. Yeah. Someone, yeah. Who went to, someone who went to Kiwi farms. Yes. Yeah, somebody, yeah. yeah. Somebody who went to Kiwi farms or 4chan, like just this kind of anarchic shit posting edge Lord, probably lonely, um, creeps out the people in his real life. Uh, the kind of guy that I, I had a friend like this when I was growing up, uh, who would mail order books about how to be a ninja and buy shurikens at the mall, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, mall ninja kid, yeah, mall yeah. ninja kid, and yell at people online uh, about like the specifics of sights on different rifles, mm-hmm. um, and was like vaguely racist, like posting edgy memes that that like were att- attention grabbing racist, attention, yeah. yeah, attention grabbing versus like actually racist. Well, I mean, it's it's still racist, ironic. Of racism. course, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but, it's but, different you know shades. I mean. Yeah, but, but like a shit poster, like yeah. that's and it's wild to me because we're talking about I think in some total 300, 300 photographs. I know you said you've seen eighty four, three hundred ish, eighty or so. There were a hundred, yeah. So the the numbers of them are um, three four ish hundred were posted in the in the, in the thug shaker, the original server. Um, of those, 107 were posted into a larger server, and then uh, then a, a majority of those have been seen by because these were deleted pretty quickly after they're discovered. Not, I don't think they've all been recovered, mm-hmm. but the majority of those have been seen by journalists and analysts and all that. So, um, in the in the wake of this, in the, in the, like it's a pretty it's a big leak, it's a gigantic leak, mm-hmm. and I want to get into like how that all happened here in a mm-hmm. second. Uh, but like as as process and journalism observation, and then question for you. Um, I've noticed in the wake of this, uh, everyone kind of projecting their own thoughts about Jack onto him. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got like the kind of the, the more mainstream side of the New York Times, the Washington Post. Um, some of my own colleagues at Vice have written about it this way, where this was like a red-pilled magic Judd kid, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of ideologically driven. And like he had this cult of personality with the four dudes in the one subsection of the Thug Saver mm-hmm. Central channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other side, I'm seeing like this this kind of intercept Matt Taibbi, Glenn Greenwald view where he is, you know, a brave leaker sharing yeah. secrets about the American war machine and was anti-war. Like there's even less indication that that is true uh, based on like his posts and what we mm-hmm. know. Why do you think, why do you think that these narratives have erupted around this kid? Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a Rorschach, 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 whatever, you know, some German word, I can't say. Rorschach. Test, right? The only reason I know is because of Watchmen. There you go. Okay, we're a sock test. Yeah. So you see what you want to see, right? With him. So I mean, when you look at just like just the like kind of just the raw data, you don't really like read into it too much of like what he actually did and what his closest friends slash online confidants or whatever you said. Um, it's clear he never meant for these to be public, right? So he was posting these for a very, very small audience. He never meant for them to get outside that very, very small audience, and he was trying to like um inform them one way or another, right? So maybe he wanted to make them better people or whatever, this small group, or maybe he wanted to inform them, but it gets like chase clouds, right? I mean, that's just getting to being a bit of a psychologist, but why you did it, but he did do it, but he never did it with the intention of this spreading elsewhere. If he, I mean, if, if, if he actually 
went to, for example, DDoS secrets. So DDoS secrets is kind of the, the, I know, the, the spiritual successor to WikiLeaks, right? Because mm-hmm. WikiLeaks, you can't even submit stuff to there anymore. Like their submission page is down. It's like basically, basically dead. Um, DDoS secrets is some former WikiLeaks people who made their own, um, site and they publish a bunch of very, very spicy stuff, like leaks from, you know, police departments, things like that that have got them banned from Twitter. Um, if, if he had gone to DDoS secrets, and said, I have these sensitive documents. I'd like to publish them. I'd like the world to see them to expose the, you know, the American empire and all that stuff. It's a totally different story at that point. Then he's a whistleblower. Then he's trying to inform the public. Then he's basically what Taibbi and Glenn Greenwald and all of them are trying to say is, is basically true at that point. If that, if that was what he was doing. Um, and I think, you know, and if he had done that, I think, you know, I, I wish he had in a lot of ways, because there's a lot of these documents I think that are, have very interesting information. I'm glad they're out there and the world's a better mm-hmm. place because a lot of these documents are out there. There's a lot of stuff that didn't need to be out there, like, you know, the the ammo replenishment schedule for for Ukraine over specific types of anti-aircraft missiles. Like yeah. again, like that's the world's not a better place. Who cares, right? It's unless you're a military analyst, like that's not really in you know you're not revealing a great truth about the geopolitical intrigues of America when you do that. But you know, I, I wish he had done something like that because then these could be out there and he would have you know legal protections and all that stuff. But he didn't. He just posted them for his tiny little group of friends on Discord to share. And then one of, the, then you know, uh, three or sorry, five or six months later, one of his friends took a portion of these and put them on a larger Discord. And then all the you know house of cards came crashing down. So, yeah, I mean, it it's it, you know, if if he um, what, what does he say? Like, um, if if something was you know, if something completely opposite was true, then yeah, that would be true. But that's not what happened, right? He wasn't a whistleblower. He didn't do anything that a whistleblower would do. He just posted these documents for his buddies in a small group chat um, without the intention of the world seeing them. So it's kind of like fan fiction, I guess, right? If trying to make this guy into make into a whistleblower, I wish he had been a whistleblower. I wish he had put these out for DDoS seekers or someone else to publish, but he didn't. The there's also something I really I want to make really clear here because there's been another piece of this narrative that's been that's developed on that that Glenn Greenwald Matt Taibbi intercepted mm-hmm. side. Um, they've reached out to me for comment. Intercept did, and I did not talk to them about the stupid RPG story. Uh, the oh, character oh sheet. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, was yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like there's two paragraphs about my stupid character sheet in your thing about anyway. <laughs> um, uh, that. You helped the FBI catch this mm-hmm. guy. Um, and I want to be clear, like he was paying for discord with his credit card, with yeah, his yeah. credit card, with his name on it. Mm-hmm. Discord was going to turn that information over. Right. And they did the day before he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You did not help the FBI identify this person. And in fact, they did call you and you, like, uh-huh. how did that interaction go? Yeah. So, I guess, like, yeah, so the accusation that a lot of people said is that, like, you know, we're working as a handmaiden to the security state and we gave them information, all that stuff, um, which isn't quite true. I'll give you the, I'll talk about my very brief, very unremarkable brush with the FBI in just a second. But so the timeline of how this happened, I mean, we now know because there's charging documents that have been released and it gives a timeline of how the FBI learned about who Jack was. And it's on the 10th, so April 10th is when they talked to, um, um, I'm pretty sure they talked to Luca, who's the kid mm-hmm. who the the 17 year old kid who posted these documents onto the larger Discord channel. So they visited him, they talked to him, and they basically got got Jack's identity through him. And then they sent in a request through Discord, and they found out that Jack had been paying. I think he paid for Nitro, right? The Nitro yeah. boost, right? You can do it through Discord, which is like kind of this useless little boost you can do for a server. And hey, he paid, you know, 
Well, it's not maybe. that useless. Maybe not useless. Okay, it's it's For more it's, it's more useful than like Reddit karma or something like that, right? But yeah, it is. It uh, it 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 opens it's like some extra more features, right? It, op- it opens some more functionality, allows you to stream yeah. at higher bit rates. Some of us paid and are you know you are know, paying. Yeah, are, are there's uses. Okay, Sorry. all right. Well, I don't want I don't want to nitro shame anyone. Yeah, <laughs> but so he paid. He one way or another, he put his credit card information. This is, I think, it's the only thing you can pay for in, in Discord. Mm-hmm. Is through, I don't think there's any other. Inter- so it had to be that, unless there's some secret, you know, Discord store. I don't know about. But he put in his information with his home address, his name, and everything. So it's like, you know, you knew this guy ran the server. Um, you know, you know, just it, it takes thirty seconds to search for it. You get access to Discord logs, right? And they knew this, and they got the request back from Discord on the twelfth. And so we, uh, the New York Times published their story naming him on the thirteenth. And what happened uh, was uh, my my temporary colleague Haley, who, who was working on the story, um, after we kind of got an idea that that this guy Jack maybe um, we didn't know if he was a leak or not. We just thought he was just a guy on the Thug Trigger server. Like we didn't, you know, when we first I, we were just trying to find other documents. That was because we posted the story on the thirteenth, the same day that we identified him. We also posted the source of new information from new leaks, leak documents we got. So we were really just chasing leak documents. And to get, to get those leak documents, we were chasing people on the server to talk to them. And one of the people that we identified was turned out to be Jack. Um, and Haley drove to rural Massachusetts from New York. I think she left at four in the morning to go drive to her, her to his house. And when they got there, they she realized very quickly, like, oh wait, hold on, this guy's under surveillance because they're like FBI van, like clearly FBI vans, like drive my like 15, 30 minute intervals across his parents' house. And she saw a surveillance plane that was um, not on any flight radar service that was flying, like circling overhead. So I was like, okay, clearly, you know, something's going on here. Um and then, the, then soon after, um, some of the FBI like called the New York Times, telling them to like back off, like they're gonna like you, you guys need to get out of here. It's not safe. You know, clearly they were prepared to do a raid, right? Right. So they walked into the FBI about to already arrest him. So like it was we, we walked into it. It was about to already happen. And if anything, it, it accelerated their timeline because they probably they were surveilling him. Clearly, like, they had been surveilling him for at least a day or two um, at this point. So they were probably who knows maybe trying to find out. If there's more to the story about this guy, like if he was communicating with person X Y Z or if he had more documents or whatever. So if anything, it's kind of adversarial to what the FBI was doing because it um, sped their timeline up. Anyway, so but that was the story about the day of the publication. So they knew they were about to braid him already when before we even identified or even thought about this guy, they already knew who he was and they were about to arrest him. So there's that. Um, and then the FBI called me on the 10th. So this is February 10th. So the same day that they interviewed this Luca kid and find out about Jack, they called me. Um, I was at the zoo with my kid at the time. I got a call and I, I, I was waiting for a call from a different journalist. And mm-hmm. I, um, when I was, I was, it was like nine 30 is the call. I don't remember what time it was. And I was expecting a call at nine 30 and at like nine 30 sharp. I get a call on my phone and it's eight one six area code. I live in Kansas city. And I would answer the phone like, Oh, I didn't know you were local. I didn't know you were from Kansas city. And the person responds, hello, this is special agent so-and-so with the FBI at uh, the Kansas City branch. I'm like, oh, okay, it's, you're not you're not who I was expecting to call me. And basically, they wanted to meet. Um, and I was like, can I? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think I should do that because like, can I talk to our lawyer about that? And they're like, um, yeah, you can. Uh, but like, it, what's the time you could meet, though, if you, if you can meet? And I'm like, uh, I was like, what's the latest possible time? Because I was scared this is a voluntary thing. It was going to become right. a voluntold thing right there's yep. gonna become an involuntary thing so i was like what's the latest i was like uh, what's the latest i could think of i was like this is monday morning like i don't know friday afternoon i thought it was the latest i possibly could and then i got when i got home i emailed our lawyer at bellingcat and they're like you can you can just say no so i just referred him to the lawyer the lawyer said no the justice department lawyer also called 
um, the lawyer and they wanted to talk. And then the next day, then we said no again. And that was that. And that was, that was the end of it. So that was a very brief un, uneventful brush, but um, I don't know, but we're talking about it. So I guess it's not worthy enough to chat about it, at least. You're listening to angry planet. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at mint mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And we're back with more of your favorite show, Angry Planet. What expectation do you think this guy, Jack, should have had of privacy? I mean, as you pointed mm-hmm. out, he was not really a leaker. He yeah. posted he posted videos of himself in the Discord. So it's just sort of interesting, unlike does the journalistic ethos of never revealing a source Mm -hmm. count when your source not only has no expectation of privacy, Mm -hmm. but not, but isn't asking for it. Mm -hmm. He never said, don't share this shit. Of course. Yeah. It's uh, I'm sure he probably told people don't share this at least once, or I'm going to get, go to jail. I I assume he told this, his audience that at least once. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he wasn't our source though. I mean, we, the first time the New York times talked to him was when they went and knocked on the door after we thought we identified him. So it's not like he was a secret source that were, was then outed. Right. It doesn't quite work on that spectrum, but I mean, like when the New York, New York times went to, him, we weren't going to like out him. The idea was we want to talk to him because like, this is the guy who's responsible for the biggest tranche of, you know, classified documents coming out since Snowden. So like, obviously that's a story, right? Yeah. <laughs> we figure out who this guy is like, it'd be a journalistic, journalistic malpractice to not even attempt to talk to him. And so, the idea to talk to, I mean, they had all these story, like different scenarios planned out of like, okay, you talk to him. Well, what if he says X? What if he says Y? What if he says Z? Like, what if the FBI arrests him? What if the FBI is already there? What if he has a gun? You know, who knows, right? Because this guy had apparently this big gun enthusiast. So like, maybe he like felt the walls closing in, like who knows what's going to happen, right? Um, And the idea, like our best case scenario is like, we could talk to him and he wants to talk about why he did this and all that. And, you know, and then maybe have more documents, right? And then at that point, it becomes a different story. If this guy has more documents he wants to share, right? Then all the calculus of everything changes. But um, yeah, so the the New York Times reporter went to the door, then knocked on the door, they talked to the step parents, and eventually Jack came home um, in a pickup truck and he just basically said, like, I'm only going to talk to my lawyer, right? To my lawyer, right? And that was basically the end as far as talking to him goes because he knew that the feds were closing in at that point because he could see the cars driving by he could see the plane overhead you know at, at that point he knew he do we have any idea he shut down the the discord he thought he shut down thug shaker central 
the seventh, I think. On the seventh, when the first New York Times story. The six or the seventh. The six or the seventh. Yeah. So the channel itself, so the channel with the content Mm -hmm. in it was shut. That was deleted from the server on the fifth or the sixth. I can't remember exactly when. And then, but the server itself, they shut down, I think, on the seventh, the day after the story. So is the the assumption then that he saw the he saw his docs like hitting Telegram and Twitter and was like, Mm -hmm. oh shit, I've got to start cleaning up. Yeah, and in and in the charging documents, you could see that on either the seventh or the eighth—I can't remember exactly when—he went to his work computer where he could search for like internal alerts and bulletins, and he searched the word "leak" to find out if there was like an internal investigation going on from his work login in his work computer, uh, which is the day after the New York Times publishes about the leak. So that's about the worst thing he possibly could have done. Like there's so much of this that's so absurd and so funny. Uh, There's so much of the, a lot of the stuff that's in those documents is deadly serious, obviously, but it's Mm -hmm. just like that. It's this, that it's this kind of person Mm -hmm. that that is responsible. for. He's the one in charge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who else would it be though? Right. Yeah. I mean, mean, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, Who like, what was his job? Yeah, so he worked um was like a cyber I don't even know what this is, but like a cyber transport specialist. Is that his title? Something like that? Oh, yeah. I, I don't, a, a journeyman. 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 Hold journeyman. On, you know, okay, even better. Up. Not not yeah. yeah, he's a step up from apprentice, right? Um right. and he um in in the Air National Guard. So he worked on a base, I think, on Cape Cod or near Cape Cod through the Air National Guard. And apparently this is a pretty, uh, the Air National Guard, I, I didn't know all about this before, I've learned quickly, that they do a ton of intelligence work, especially around like the war in Ukraine. Like uh, one of the leaked documents was actually, that I was looking through is like a, um, we're going to be publishing an article about this before too long, um, about um, an assessment of a BDA, so like a bomb damage assessment or whatever, um, on a Ukrainian strike using some US weapons. So like whenever the US weapons are used, they like apparently they do the assessments on like how they worked and like what worked and what doesn't. And the assessment was produced by the 176th Intelligence Squadron in North Dakota, and for, which is an Air National Guard unit in um, Fargo, North Dakota. So, like, you know, some of the intelligence assessments and stuff are being done by the Air National Guard. So I guess it's not a huge leap um, of logic for Jack, who was part of the, the intelligence squadron, an intelligence wing or whatever, um, at the Cape Cod base um, to have access to these documents. He was a cyber defense operations journeyman, and it's the 102nd, which had... Until a few days ago, when the Air Force pulled it, a um, uh, an intelligence mission, and it and it yeah. sounds like kind of just reading through their website and like the the documents about it. It's they were like I he was perhaps probably an IT specialist, and mm-hmm. they were just kind of processing data, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's getting massive amounts of data and like sorting it and looking over it, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah, and I understand that they were like helping. Pre- I think they were preparing some like some documents for like higher level people, right? They were part of the, like the filtration process between, you know, the raw intelligence data and getting stuff for like, you know, Miley and the, you know, chairman of um, staff or joint staff or whatever called. So like a lot of the stuff that was being like processed into like more like, you know, easy readable stuff. He was part of that, like link uh, part, one of the link of the chain of, of that process. Do we know how he got the stuff out? I mean, in uh, the movies, it would be a USB drive that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, physically printed it. Copy yeah. or, and that's everything was just printed. I, yeah, I mean, he had, I mean, he, we know he folded it into quarters, right? So like two folds, right? Horizontal, vertical. And I don't know how, maybe just put it in his back. I mean, literally just maybe just put it in his back pocket and walked out. I, I don't know, but he's so that's the, some tight security we've got there. Right. The, in the photographs, I think it's pretty important to say, uh, there's a lot of stuff in the background and it's pretty obvious that it's, it's, it's his, in his house. It's yes. in his house. Yeah. Like there's a gamer keyboard in the background of mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, there's like a, a an, I, there's a tablet of some kind with a cracked screen. Gorilla took glue. One in his kitchen. Yeah, it took one of his kitchen counter too. That's yeah. that's how you that's how you figured out who it was, right? The kitchen counter thing. At least that was a strong indication of it. I mean, because like you know, these kitchen counters like have identical like designs. I'm pretty sure, like they're like you know, made in China or whatever, and then they kind of all look the same. But it, you know, that was a strong indication that he might have been the guy. But that in correspondence with all the other stuff, right? So the yeah, this is a whole long process talk of identifying him. But in, in short, basically. Um, we had a profile of a guy who who we know who was part of the intelligence um, squadron in the Air National Guard. And in the background of one of these documents was a kitchen counter with the white tile floor below it. And kind of the speckles on the granite countertop matched up between family photos on social media of the same house where he was visible. Some of this was on his Steam profile. Is that right? Yeah, that's how I, that's how we found him. Um, so that's, so, that's also it's so steam. Good. It's all steam. Yeah, it's all steam. So um, he there's a there's a site called SteamID.UK. It's a site that scrapes content from Steam. So like friend list groups, um, screenshots, you know, all this stuff that you do. Because for those who don't know, Steam is a gaming platform. It's been around since 2004, I think. Right. So mm-hmm. when Half Life Two, it's when Half Life Two launched. I my, I got my my account is 19 years old because I, I got it on launch day Half Life Two. So I've had it for that long. Um, so um it's been around for a while and it's kind of like it has two functions right it has like, it's like a, you can buy games on there so it's like the same you like buy games like the playstation store or the xbox microsoft store or whatever and the secondary is like the social feature right you can add friends and so if you meet somebody playing counter-strike global operations and you can play you know arma 3 with them right so like if you meet someone in one game you can play in a different game it's kind of like a semi a, a one-shop stop for like pc gaming social you know buying the games playing them and meeting your friends and uh, we knew um so I, I knew a handful of guys who were on the server, this tiny little Discord server with, you know, 20 active members. And I've talked to, um, I knew three of their Steam IDs. And so it was just kind of a basic, you know, I just go onto the site, steamid.uk, export the friends list of these three people and find the corresponding who, you know, who is a common friend with all three of them, right? Got a list of six, seven people, and then just kind of go through them one by one. And of these six, seven people, um, there's one, a guy named Silhouette was his, um, was his Steam handle. He had a profile photo of Roman Reigns, I noticed, the wrestler. Um, I noticed that right away. And I uh, looked through his kind of historic data. And um, I, I see he was going to friends. He had a bunch of military stuff. And I did an interview with one of these guys, this, the 17-year-old kid who was friends with with Jack. And he and the kid mentioned that he played a lot of Arma 3, Zomboid, and I think Counter-Strike and CSGO with, um, with Jack. And so I checked and he had a lot of screenshots and a lot of play activity time. In those three games, I was like, oh, well, you know, it's a strong candidate to be the guy. We looked more into kind of tracing his use because he had a few historic usernames on there because the site is teamid.uk. If mm-hmm. you change your name, it's still retained in like historic data. We looked kind of, you know, did some digital footprint tracing with his other IDs, which led us back to his real ID and also helped that in one of the games at Arma 3, his username and one of the screenshots he posted was Jay Teixeira. So that helped that helped a lot to figure out who he was. Earlier, you said, of course, it was going to be a guy like this. Um, I know we've talked about it a little bit. Can, can you kind of elaborate on that? It feels like there was, there was this time and maybe you and I are kind of of this era where you had to be a little tech savvy to get online, learn how to use all this stuff. The user interfaces, everything's become so easy now. It feels like, um, the knowledge of the digital spaces has uh, diminished a bit. The knowledge mm-hmm. of how to hide yourself uh, and not like post uh, personal cringe online has diminished a little bit. What do you think's going on here that 
a 21 year old national guardsman gets access to this kind of stuff and doesn't know better than to not fucking post it in a way that's going to get him caught. I mean, like I, I kind of understand the, I mean, it was dumb, obviously it goes without saying, right. But like, it was kind of an intimate setting for him because like everyone keeps on going like, Oh, it's a discord chat, discord chat. But like, think of it in different terms. Think of it as like a WhatsApp group, right? Mm -hmm. Think of it as like a private WhatsApp or signal group or something like that. Or like a a group chat. It's a group chat. Yeah. So instead of thinking of it as like a discord channel, because discords can be public or private, think of it as a group chat, because this is basically like a slightly more structured, you know, it's like the vibes of IRC, but with the structure of Slack is kind of how, how it's set up. Right. So. Um, think of, again, it was kind of a more intimate setting. And even within the channel that he was posting in was smaller than the bigger group because not everyone in the channel was, at, or in the server was active in the channel because this channel is a subset of the, of the server. So maybe he just felt that it was just a bit more of like a, a small intimate group and like, you know, my friends won't betray me or be stupid enough to post this. But again, he was posting a bunch of 17 year olds, right? So like, he probably should, probably should have seen it coming. So yeah, I think, and also Discord is a very kind of, anonymous ish kind of a thing. Like you can like, you know, on your discord account, you can like link, like this is my steam account. This is my Twitter account, all that. But like a lot of people don't do that, obviously. And I don't know. It's, it's your, I kind of understand at least, you know, as much as I can get into the mind of a 21 year old with it, who was doing this, um, of, you know, you're talking to people on voice chat all the time. It's a much more intimate setting, right? It's not, it's a little bit more like, I guess like the parasocial relationships you build with someone on Steam or a little bit or on Discord are different than elsewhere because you're on voice chat all the time and you're playing yep. games hours and hours and hours every night. You're playing games on voice chat and talking to these people. It's a little bit different than just like your followers on Twitter or Instagram where it's all a lot, lot more distant, right? Even if you're on group chat, it's a little more distant compared to like being on literal voice chat, like group party phone calls, you know, for hours and hours, like almost every night, it's you, the relationships are a little bit tighter, right? A little bit more, or at least are, they perceive them to be a bit tighter than if you were just, you know, your, your followers on Twitter or whatever. That makes so much sense to me. Uh, and when you talk about this setting being sort of smaller, mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, would Jack Desher actually want this stuff to have gotten out? Would you know, how would he feel about the Russians reading it? Would he felt like he betrayed his country or I'm just, you know, trying to, I mean, yeah, I'm just I trying to think know. about how stupid he is. Cause I, I mean, think, honestly, I mean, we yeah, sort I, of agree uh, that he's stupid. It seems. How, I mean, how smart were you when you were 21? Smarter than this, Slightly, <laughs> but smarter than this. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, it's like, I, I don't want to read too much what his like personal politics were because there's been, I mean, who knows how even stable those were, right? right? Between year to year, month to month, because we may find him posting, you know, uh, some something when he was eighteen, and he may completely change his mind by the time he's twenty, and then again when he's twenty-one, right? Because when you're that age, you change your mind a lot, right? Um, so I don't want to read too much of what his politics were, um, but, I, but from what I have heard from people who knew him in real life, like his time in high school, is he wasn't a very pleasant person to be around, and he was not terribly um didn't have very good social skills in real life as as i say and he definitely wasn't the most i don't know didn't have the most egalitarian social views um towards race and things like that my very like pc way of, of describing it um so i mean i don't think he was probably a terribly pleasant person with like his you know social views um but I, I don't know how he felt about russia like i don't know maybe he hated russia maybe he loved russia i don't know it's kind of i, I can't really say about that um i mean we do know that they had a they had a sub channel in that group called uh, what was it? Bear vs. Pig. Yeah, the that was the channel where he's posting all the documents. And, mm-hmm. and I, I when I was I brought this up with one of the members, and he was very quick, like, but it, but it wasn't to make fun of Ukraine. I promise. And they said Bear was Russia. That's obvious, right? 
and Pig was supposed to be Ukraine, but he kept on. I, 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 I should check this. I've mentioned it in a few interviews. So I should probably actually check it. But he said that it's some meme about some Ukrainian soldier yelling something about a pig. And so, like, it was like an end joke on the server about this. They all like this meme. Yes, but it is like a pretty. But also, pig. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty, well, and it's a pretty anti Ukrainian meme. I remember. Is it? Okay. It, it is. Uh, like, there was a controversy around the video game, um, Atomic Heart that came out, uh, a couple months ago, which has, it's developed Russia, full Russian developers. Um, there are pigs what in the game. What game is it called? Atomic Heart. Atom- um, atomic Atomic Heart. Yeah, atomic yeah, yeah, Heart. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. There, there are pigs in the game, and when you attack them with a melee weapon, it leaves a Z on them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so there's like, it's definitely a, it, it, I, it's an anti-Ukrainian meme. Is this, sure. I don't know if it's the same meme, because the guy telling me it was some Ukrainian soldier who saw something, saw, saw a pig and started saying something. Yeah, is what yeah, the guy described it as. It 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 is, but it's like pig is kind of like linked. It's if you're ever you're saying okay, pig yeah. is kind of linked into. But anyway, anyway that's so not the person claimed it wasn't an anti-Ukrainian thing. It was just like a joke they had. But again, I don't know. That's that's right. what I was told. It may, I mean, I'm sure they think been, that about like the the thug shaker meme isn't racist either, right? They're they, seventeen. They would say, but yeah, they're, they're seventeen. Seventeen year olds. Yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of seventeen year olds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forget T- Tucker Carlson is actually pro-Russia too, so it's not it's, like there isn't the mu- massive fifth yeah. column in this country anyway mm-hmm. sorry um, i i write i write about this shit and uh, i guess my views are pretty well known <laughs> uh i mean you're right you are an opinion editor so i am an opinion editor it's true uh i do want to ask a couple more questions before we let you go so sure. it, it seems like uh especially in the initial wake of this news coming out uh the pentagon was caught pretty flat-footed here mm-hmm. uh there was a lot of like uh, uh oh kind of like press conference yeah. <laughs> just like yeah, yeah. i remember saying those yeah they seem a little confused yeah they're just like confused and like we're gonna have to change the way we do things um do you get a sense that they all learned what di- i mean it's hard because we don't know what the hell's going on mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. i guess my question is what do you do about this <laughs> if you're the pentagon i mean what can you do because i mean again you could substitute the word discord for whatsapp group chat or slack or signal or anything else it's the exact same story um I think that I'm I'm absolutely sure that similar documents have been shared on WhatsApp group chats and Signal chats and Slack chats and every other chat you can imagine over the last few years. It's just the recipients for this haven't been 17-year-old kids who are posting on Discord, right? So, I mean, it I, again, this it's not like this is the first or last time there's, you know, secret documents are going to be posted in a group chat. It's going to happen and has happened and will continue to happen. Um uh, this is obviously an extreme example because someone was saving them over time and then posted them in for everyone to see. And um, yeah, but I think maybe the question, I mean, I'm not an expert and you guys maybe know more about this, like the whole NATSEC thing, but like how many people have access to this information is also kind of insane to me. Uh, I'm kind of learning about that. Well, it's, it's funny because I bet it's higher than the reported numbers because the last, the last report was 2017 supposed to be an annual report. Uh, I think the DNI does it. And the last time they did it, they found that there are so 1.3 million with top secret clearance, um, and around 3 million total with clearance in general. Yeah, so that's uh, like a one th- percent of the country, right? <laughs> and I, that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and yeah, I so that'll work out. And because it's yeah. it's been so long since we've had that report, I am I. There's more. There's got to be yeah. more. Yeah. Um, so so maybe that's the problem is just uh, if you have that many people with that much information, you're going to have at least one racist 21 year old posting <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, of course. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's an interesting part of this too, is like who gets clearance and why and how does it happen? Um, and it's funny because like the clearance, how the way the clearance process works in some ways it's easier uh, because there are, there is like a contingent of zoomers that their social media presence is steam, steam profiles and discord mm-hmm. the things that like you aren't going to check if you're doing clearances, yeah, yeah. they don't have Instagrams, they don't have Facebooks, they don't have Twitter accounts, yeah. or if they do, they're extremely anonymous or like Finstas. Um, mm-hmm. And like uh, the person doing the clearance is like not going to know to look for those things. Yeah. So if you're a 21 year old and you don't have much digital history online and you don't have much personal history, you're probably not in massive debt, which is another red flag they look for. Yeah. It's easy to get top secret clearance. And if they're looking for baseline IT workers that they need to give this clearance to to be able to like sort data, you know, you are going to get some weirdos, right? Yeah, and a lot of the yeah, I I, I don't know if the screening process is, but I, I imagine the thing they're screening for is, as you're saying, more like stable, permanent social media presences, right? So like yep. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, which are like which would be sanitized as well too. It's yes. like it's very Jungian, right? You wear different masks to different part of the parts of the internet depending on where you are, right? So mm-hmm. you're linked, you know, it's like the meme of like me on LinkedIn, me on Twitter, me on Instagram, right? Yep. But a lot of the things that are I guess would be seen as again, I don't know what the the, the process is, but think be seen as like higher risk would be more fleeting types of um, things. So like 4chan, right? It's literally anonymous, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, no, you probably don't even use a trip code. And if you did, you know, it's not something you can discover. All you see is a little flag by your avi, that's it, right? Yep. Um, so things like 4chan and Acun, which would be seen as like higher risk, I guess you could say. And then Discord, which again is like it's you know, you could have my, I could give you my discord ID, but you can't see anything. Like if I gave you my discord, it's not like you can see a list of channels that I'm in. It does, yep. There are servers I'm in. It doesn't work like that, especially private ones. So yeah, I mean, it's like, for example, like, you know, I guess the early 2000s equivalent would be is like, I'm in all these, I'm active in these IRC board, IRC rooms, right? Which like, is not really something you can search for. You can't like search a public record of IRC chats. Doesn't, doesn't work like that. So this is, I guess, maybe, maybe a continual problem. Not, not, you know, I guess the equivalent of that would be like, I don't know. I'm going back to internet archaeology, right? You know, looking through all my Usenet posts versus my IRC chats. You know, I guess it would be the the '90s into the the '90s version of this. See, now I'm imagining. Watch this. Now watch this, Jason. I'm very happy with this. Now I'm imagining a world where, uh, you know, you're going in for your security clearance and you sit down, and the interviewer sits across from you and says, "All right, sir or madam, are you now or have you ever been a member?" of the something awful forums. I've actually heard someone has told me before that they, um, there are some places I, I think they, 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 they vehemently denied this, but apparently Lockheed Barton or some, or Booz Allen Hamilton, one of these security contractors actually asked their mem- uh, applicants that they have War Thunder accounts or if they've been active on War Thunder before. Yes. I remember hearing and that I've story. Had, I I've had someone tell it. me. Yeah. I've had someone tell me who applied. They actually were asked that once during, during an interview. So um, I have very anecdotal, um, evidence that 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 apparently is true. Again, please do not sue me. I didn't even name the, the company. But I don't know what it is, but I have anecdotal evidence of someone that, of hearsay. I'm putting like yeah. three or four different degrees, but yeah, if someone the, told me that this is true, yeah, I've heard so. the same hearsay. Do you know, uh, Jason? Do you know about War Thunder? Do you know why this is? No, very, this is also me. very funny. Okay, uh, so it's a video game where like people fight tanks essentially and but very uh, realistic and the very idea. like yeah. very, very realistic yeah. um, simulation game. Um, I think three, is it three times now, Eric, that this has ten, happened? 10 times. It's 10 times. Oh, I, didn't I thought it was three. I checked the Wikipedia page. There've been 10 instances. It may be repeated, maybe the same guy, like three times right. each, but yeah, the Wikipedia said 10 times. 
Uh, Ten times members of the War Thunder community have leaked classified information to the War Thunder community about weapon systems so that the weapon systems in the game could be updated to be more realistic and reflect their actual specifications. Mostly in arguments, too. So like one yeah. is like the turret speed of some Chinese tank or something, and they were arguing. Like it was like, no, it's blank meters per second. It's like, no, it's that many meters per second. It's like, yeah, well, look at this. And it's like a classified like manual that, again, this isn't, you know, I'm sure like every government, you know, major government has this already, right? But like it's technically classified. And that was like their way of like proving their point was posting the classified manual. So, yeah. well, you got to get these things right. Yeah, it's yeah, very one way or the other. Right. Yeah. But it sounds like we've got like like two separate problems. One is too many people have clearance, or maybe that's yeah. the number that you need. But I mean, it's a crazy number. And we also have probably too much classified information. Right? Yeah, I mean that's another classified. That's that I mean the, there's two big problem. That is two big problems, and like a lot of it. I hate to I hate to do this, but it's like uh, thanks nine eleven um, for you know in some ways for both these problems because like. 9-11 widely viewed as this huge intelligence failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after that, we build this enormous uh, intelligence uh, state, surveillance state in this country. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you, you you create this this new thing called the Department of Homeland Security to kind of oversee it and correlate everything um, and create these like giant uh, intelligence farms that, you know, gather everything. And somebody has got to sort through all that stuff. And yeah, there, the other problem is that, uh, the way we classify things in this country is pretty wild. I mean, that's led to, I would argue, uh, multiple presidents taking home documents that they should not have been taking home. <laughs> uh, it's just like a lot of stuff gets classified and you will have, I've, I've, you know, I've talked to people um, where they're, they're working in the Pentagon and they want to make sure that their memo gets seen. So they'll make that memo top secret just to <laughs> give it like a little <laughs> juge before they sit it's, out. It's, it's like SEO gaming, right? Exactly. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, flag a priority email. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Has so anyone like, ever, by the way, looked at something sooner because the email said priority? Or do no. you just put it in the trash like me? I mean, I- anymore, my email is just sludge, right? It's mm-hmm. like 99% just garbage. <laughs> um, all right. So what else are you, what's next in this story, Eric? Yeah, so I, I mean, now we're actually, I've had all this time hunting down these leaks like they're Pokemon cards, basically. Mm-hmm. Now we're actually doing some analysis of them, which I which I think has also been understated all this kind of, I mean, I should be the last person to talk about this and complain about it, but there's been so much talk about Jack and Jack this yeah. and Jack that, and like it's like soap opera, but the leaks themselves have pretty interesting stuff in them. So over at Bellingcat, I worked on a couple of articles, he's kind of looking at contextualizing some of the information in the leaks. Most of the big bombshells have been reported already by like big legacy media, but like kind of a digital investigative perspective. There's some interesting little bits in here. You can kind of find more information and digging and contextual stuff. So more about the leaks themselves. Um, hopefully more, more of these will come. The Washington Post is doing a slow drip of, of new ones they have access to. So you'll see more from them. And we might, I, there might be another story too about kind of the server itself and other members of it. Kind of like, what was it really like? Because I mean, you heard kind of in the beginning of, of our talk, how like, you know, there's, I have two or three people I've talked to on the server and there's conflicting accounts around like, you know, the makeup of the server, what people thought, you know, who was Jack, how did he act, how do people think about him? So, I don't know, kind of a, eventually at some point, I don't know, maybe it probably won't be me, but somebody's going to write an oral history of Thug Shaker Central. It'll it'll be out in one day. It'll be like the New York Magazine or, or Vanity Fair will put it out at some point. Eric Toller, thank you so much for coming on to Angry Planet and walking us through this. Sure. Thanks for having me.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Angry Planet. The show is produced with love by Matthew Galt and Jason Fields, with the assistance of Kevin Liddell. This is the place where we ask you for money. If you subscribe to us on substack.angryplanet.com, it means the world to us. The show, which we've been doing for more than seven years now, means the world to us, and we hope it means a lot to you. We're incredibly grateful to our subscribers. Please feel free to ask us questions, suggest show ideas, or just say hi. $9 a month may sound like a big ask, but it helps us to do the show on top of everything else that we do. We'd love to make Angry Planet a full-time gig and bring you a lot more content. If we get enough subscriptions, that's exactly what we'll do. But even if you don't subscribe... We're grateful that you listen. Many of you have been listening since the beginning, and seriously, that makes it worth doing the show. Thank you for listening, and look for another episode next week. Stay safe.